This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Two words, Vicky Vivacious. My name's Keen. Hold on to your knickers, girls. It's Aaron Twitching. <laughs> and you're listening to Sissy That Pod. We have finally reached the finale of UK Season 5. It's just the two of us. So let's get into it. First up, did you enjoy the episode? I did. I'm kind of sad though, because it's it's the last episode and we've done this whole series. I have. I know. Actually, do you know what, Keen? I have, because you've let me be a guest this whole series. I have got you a present. Oh, wow. <laughs> I bought you a bottle of wine and some chocolates. Thank you. Obviously, I know you're in another country to me, um, so I will eat and drink them for you describe them <laughs> I mean I'll be over you. for DragCon in you know a, a month and a bit no I won't make you go <laughs> wait that long I'll drink and describe them for you now <laughs> oh I would like a description I actually would enjoy a description of each oh, I've got the wine here it's oh should we go with ASMR it's very whiny it's got a sharp it's got hints of alcohol and um overtones of grape grape gorgeous well i'm sorry i came unprepared i didn't make a present for you no i've had so much fun i've really enjoyed the series me too, uh, 100%. And uh, it's been great to chat each day, but I suppose we'll get to the goodbye at the end. In terms of this episode, how did you decide who you wanted to win before it started? I actually didn't. So I really felt for once, normally I think when the season comes to an end and you've got like your top three or four, whoever it is, there's normally someone in it that you think, I'd rather they didn't win. Whereas this series, I really didn't feel like that. And actually... I could have happily seen any of the three take the crown and gone. They deserve that. Well done. Um, I think I did have a strong feeling it was Tamara. And I don't know really where that came from. Other than she was everything I thought I would detest in episode one. And then I just, I love her by the end. And I think, I think I figured out why that is. Is because I think she has a warmth. Like, because she's so confident in who she is and she's so comfortable in who she is, like, she's no reason to hate anyone that dislikes her, so it just comes off as warmth. And I don't know, I just thought that charm would win Rue over. I thought she was what Rue wanted. And Ginger and Michael being more sort of old school, pan not panto's unfair, but do you know what I mean? Like, having all those sort of panto skills of, like, yeah, like, camp and comedy and, like, scripting... I thought that might cancel each other out. Having two sort of similar-ish, um, I thought that might have given her the edge. What about you? Split the vote. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so I put a, vo- a vote up on the our Instagram stories. The you know the followers voted, and Ginger was definitely the winner. Michael was a close second, and like only about twenty percent voted for Tamara. Um, I was still up for Tamara, and I know I kind of said last week it's because I kind of feel the other two are maybe not like jacks of all trades master of none but i just i don't know if if i still necessarily believe that but i just think i knew exactly what tomorrow was good at after this and i 
I thought she always delivered on what she was good at, um, which was just a award-winning personality. She reminds me of, I don't know if you watched uh, Canada season one, but Priyanka is somebody who I think like in the challenges and on the runway was always kind of beaten by other contestants, but won it basically by having a really you know, um, approachable and fun personality in the talking heads. And that's kind of how I feel Tamara was going to win the competition. See, I was really surprised when Priyanka won series one. Like, I didn't really see that coming from a mile off. But yeah, yeah, I see what you mean time, though. At the time mean, I was as well because she didn't fit, the, like no one had ever won the competition just from the talking heads before and then she managed to do it. So that's kind of the model I kind of saw Tamara taking it. Um, but I think watching this episode, I actually thought Michael was going to take it. I think, I think they, reflecting on the runway, on the runways, I think they had the better runways than Ginger. And I think they kind of maybe slayed that final lip sync a bit more. I think they had a better final look. I think they were they you know maybe had better emotional moments. I think they just put together a better package for the final. So I was surprised that Ginger won it based on what we saw. But I think that was a you know a fan vote. I think Rue saw that Ginger was the most popular of the fans and she won it. And, to, and like this is nothing against Ginger. She's a great queen as well. But it was just very close. Mm, do you know what I did think? I did think early on there was more of a growth with Ginger. You know, like how we talk about, we like to see like them grow through the a competition. Journey. A journey. I, did think, I don't know why I said that was. <laughs> I did think we got more of a journey with um, Ginger. I think that was Northern, maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't think if you'd said on week one, Ginger's going to win, people would realise. Yeah. And I think you could have said that about any of the final three. I, I definitely don't think, think you would have said about Michael Marulli. I think Michael Marulli went under the radar for a long chunk of the competition. Yeah, maybe all three did, to be fair. But it wasn't the growth we would have had if my friend Alexis had got all the way. <laughs> well, the other thing is, I also like to think of a competition in terms of the iconic moments. Who has like accumulated the most iconic moments throughout the season? And although I think the cast is really strong, I don't know how many iconic moments we've necessarily had. And I was thinking like that maybe the best challenge or, the, or sort of the sort of lasting, you know, catchphrase or moment or reference that will come from the season. And you hear RuPaul say it in this week's episode is coats are for shoplifting. And when you look back to the improv challenge, the three queens who were on that team were Ginger, Michael and Tamara. And I think like it goes to they all shared that iconic moment together and then like I don't think any of them had amazing runways that we can talk about. I think Michael probably had the best runway package overall. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know. I feel, I feel kind of the two most iconic characters of the season were Banksy and Caramel. Uh, no, the AI cow from the Panzo was an absolute. That was my character of the season. Um, the cat, the cat the, that was cat. tied up, the bondage I cat. I can't believe people have been sharing the cat. I'm like the cow. There was a cow. <laughs> there was the front of the cow. Um, <laughs> no, I think my favourite quote of the season, you're right, the coat one has lived with me every time I put a coat on. Like, I've thought of that line. That, I don't think that's ever going to leave me. And it's winter season, baby, Jules. It's I cold know. weather. <laughs> People are getting cuffing season. Am I saying that right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm with the kids. <laughs> um, no, the other quote of the season for me is, I knew you when you were nothing. And that was a judge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the <to> RuPaul. <laughs> 
I was a judge, but still that was the best roast read line of the entire season. Like, I probably think about that. I wake up in the night thinking about that line. Is there somebody, well, maybe <clears throat> you don't have to answer, I guess. Is there somebody who's famous that you could say that about? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Maybe that is what I should start doing every time a friend of mine gets live at yeah. the Apollo. I just yeah. need to be like, I knew you when you were nothing. <laughs> this is making me seem very insincere. <laughs> this entire series has made me seem very insincere. I think you can only blame this series as much as you can. <laughs> is it the series or my personality? <laughs> Look, all I can say is we have get we have had guests on this series that I could say I knew them when they were nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I also think, and I mean, this is a, I guess a sissy that part uh, moment of the season, but oh, I know what you're going to say, v- Vicky's push. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't think not think of this. Season. I've been unable and to not think of Charlie Craig's not being pushed by Vicky Vivation. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I nearly said character this season was Charlie Craig's just because that <laughs> push moment has really lived with me. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's get into this week's episode a bit more. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, there isn't always that much to chat about in the finale. Um, but the first I have loads! <laughs> okay, because <laughs> you better know it's me. I well, was the paying I attention. The first thing I to talk about is uh, the Tic Tac lunch. Um so Ginger's up first. Oh, well, can we go back to first to the mirror moment yeah. with Dee's um, written on the mirror? And they all said what I have been preaching all bloody season, finally, retribution for Aaron, when they're all like, 20-year-olds are irritating. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is what I've been saying for 10 weeks. I just, I don't understand how no one else is read. I can't understand there's people my age and older that would date a 20-year-old. I don't know what they're getting from this, other than irritation. Yeah. I don't know how I mean, they Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't so, argue with justice that. Justice for Dee Just Justice and I for did, Dee Dee. I also did see her on a podcast this week, and she was so much less irritating. I think the show might have just got to her a bit when she was on it. Yeah. I mean, it gets the best best of them as well, do you know? So mm. um, It's made yeah, me look quite mean. <laughs> You were even under And then the other thing before we get to the yeah. tic tac lunch is the seller taped shoes to the feet. Tamara's mm. seller taped shoes to the feet. Yeah, that was a, dra- a drag hack for the ages. Oh my god! Don't we love to see? It's like when in um, the Wizard of Oz when they reveal the little green man or whatever he yes. is. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like that was for me. She had seller taped those shoes to her feet. That is commitment. That is courage. That is. Um, something else beginning with C, but genuinely means like clever. That begins with C. <laughs> there you go. Courage, okay. clever, and whatever else I said. I should not have had a glass of wine during that show. <laughs> it's not okay. paid me well. Tic Tac Lunch with Ginger. She talks about growing up without a queer community, coming to London, worried that they wouldn't see 30 years old. There's something incredibly genuine. And they're a really brilliant storyteller, um, I find. And, like, I think they make you lean in. And they just, like, give off this air of wisdom, which I think is really brilliant. Uh, And then the kind of, the new part of this format, which I think works really well, and I'd like to see them do it on other ones, because this Tic Tac Lunch can be a bit bored, is to bring in friends and family. So we're joined by 
their partner Ben, who which was an is... absolute cock tease, by the way, to have gone nine weeks setting us all up to fancy Ginger and then be like, "Hi, here's the five year long partnership," which obviously I'm really happy for. I'm really glad that they have that support network. Couldn't think of anything better. You know, do you know, do you know who was more bitter about all these happy relationships? <laughs> RuPaul herself. <laughs> Every time she was like, Michelle would go, aren't they lovely? And Ru would go, so lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Ru, Ru really struggles with sincerity. It's a bit like someone else in this car. I know, so, Keen, you really need to work on that. <laughs> but uh, I thought Ben was giving half Anitra, half Dua Lipa. I was loving the, the vibe of Ben. No one was expecting that to be Ginger's partner, right? No. Not that, I mean, <laughs> not in that. That sounded really derogatory. No one was expecting Ginger's partners to look like they did. I definitely no, wasn't. That was a surprise. I was like, whoa. Yeah, of course. Because I think over time, you know, we as gay people, we morph into our partners. <laughs> and they do not look like any, like, look like each other at all, which is refreshing to see. Yeah. Um, Michael was up next. But what I think they is spoke. nice about the families is you forget that they know nothing. So like you got and Ben yeah, the was badges, it? their was genuine crazy. reaction, which was so lovely to see someone else's excitement for someone yeah. that they know. And like I, I did think that was really nice and relatable. Like because yeah, we do, really we do get those videos being like, oh, you know, keep up, blah blah blah. But we've never actually seen someone react at yeah. like real time badges and stuff like that. So that was actually. And I always fun. think you get those on a lot of reality shows. Those videos they're like pre recorded, and I think, oh, what load of crap you wrote that before. Like, if I got that from a, f- I mean, we've already established my family members are useless on that show, but like. You just think, well, you're just saying that. You don't know. I don't know you're happy for me. Whereas when they come in and they see the three badges, they see you're in the final. Like That's genuine. That's genuine emotion. Yeah. Joe gets me in Big Brother when they used to have the handwritten letters from home and they used to have another housemate read it. Mm. I would... My face would be sopping after those challenges because I wouldn't be I, bothered so. to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> like you know when it's like you know it's the challenge is like we could have that or a bottle of beer. I'd be like, oh, I don't even drink beer, but let's have the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mum. Would you have given up the hot water for Gemma Collins to have her hot rollers? No, no. What? I don't remember that. I would have given up Gemma Collins letters for hot water. Yeah, I'd give up. <laughs> I would give up letters from home for anything. Oh, do you know what? If it was a choice between hot water and letters from home, or cold water and no letters from home, I'd probably go cold water. <laughs> well, maybe you relate to Michael Maruli, who ran away from home at 16. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just establish I love my family very much and I spend a lot of time with them, but they are not sentimental people. <laughs> Um, yeah, Michael speaks about moving, um, run away from home at 16, moving into a queer housing project in Newcastle due to their fear of rejection from the family. And I, what I loved about this moment of vulnerability and opening up was how they managed to shoehorn in this humble brag of comparing themselves to Cheryl Cole. Oh, and that RuPaul knew a Cheryl Cole song. Yeah. Like, I, was I mean, like, the, the most generic one. But like, and I, it was just, you know, it's like, you know, up in the northwest or northeast, you know, we really rally behind people. You know, when Cheryl, I'm from where Cheryl Cole is from, and when she broke through, like everyone was behind her. And this is exactly the same. I was like, babe. I actually really liked that. I was like, I hope they have lit up the Toon Tower or whatever it was, the bridge. Um, no, I I totally saw that as well. That was uh, quite funny. Um, yeah, and then I. 
but like I think that is quite an interesting side as well that like it was Michael's fear not actually the family not actually the rejection that was coming and I think that's an interesting angle on it like, like sometimes we can be our own worst enemies on these things um, so th- I think that was a, that was an interesting story to tell I also thought it was wonderfully generous of Michelle to call Michael kiddo that was w- what a generous queen <laughs> Then Michael is joined by his boyfriend Philip from Ireland. We've been screaming for a queen from the Republic of Ireland to be on the show, and I guess we got one. (laughs) (laughs) And she was screaming, bless her. Um, Screaming. I know, and they've been together forever as well. What is it with all these? Fifteen years. Honestly, I don't get it. Like, as a comedian, like I see people go up on stage every week, and I look at these people and I think damaged i understand why you need to talk about yourself so much but what drives these drag queens if they're already in loving harmonious relationships what what possibly do they need to fulfill by going and getting applause from people on stage i don't understand it they could just stay at home and be happy (laughs) i mean i'm in a relationship for 12 years and i still lead my uh you know my podcast world so i I don't understand (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Tamara. I feel Tamara gave us. The, I mean, I think at this time, yeah, you know, at this point of the show's legacy, people know to package up their trauma and when to share it. I don't think Tamara gave us that, which I think was actually really nice. She just uh, was talking about her and her sibling, Sarah. How people used to say how they were mixed up because Sarah used to love fishing and bite. I mean, how traumatic a sister that loves fishing. That is salmon everywhere. That's traumatic. Is is Hartley Pool by the sea? (laughs) I think it is, yeah. No, yeah, it definitely is. They've got docks. I think they... Is it Hartley Pool that's got the roughest um, docks for um, prostitution? That might be Hull. I don't know the difference. It's definitely by the sea. It's on the east, east, northeast coast. <laughs> are, are they are they rival towns for that title? Probably. Every year? <laughs> um, but just that, like the gabbing and the cackling, is just so endearing for oh, tomorrow. Yeah. And I can't wait for her to do the reality TV circuits and for us to get more of that. Uh, yeah, I hope, I hope she does because yeah, obviously I'm obsessed. I don't know why I just can't get enough. What I love is also that each time they were said, oh, who's at home supporting you? And it was very fortunate they all named the person that was about to walk out that door. Because can you imagine how awkward it would be if I'd been on something like that? And they were like, who's at home supporting you? And I'd be like, no one, Kian might. But (laughs) they were like, well, we've got your mum. Oh, I'm glad you made it. (laughs) She strums out going, I didn't really want to be here, but bingo was cancelled. Um, and the fake acting as well from Rue and Michelle it's like you know oh my boyfriend Philip of 15 years oh that sounds lovely oh who's that coming over there the pits and patter of tiny feet tiny feet yeah, exactly. no I really um, liked it and it was really nice seeing Tamara's mum as well like like it's nice seeing like a parent supports and I think you did see the likeness between the two of them and the way you could I think you could see where Tamara got her sense of humour from. Yeah. Like I think oh, the mum had a slice of that in the, the little short bit that we saw. I did I did enjoy that. She said Sharon seemed like a right laugh. Yeah, she did. Uh then uh we had the Corio with Claude Marinetto, who I'd never heard of. But no, but they all seemed, did a wonderful job of acting. He excited. seemed I've never <laughs> seen somebody choreograph 
I dance while sitting in a chair the whole time. I thought that was I great. <laughs> oh, I'm not here to dance. I am here to tell you what to do. I will not be moving one limb. I like that. That's like old school, like 80s dance teachers from the movies. And they've got a stick and they've got a cigarette in the other hand. This is where you pay for it. In sweat. Um, what do you think of the music video? So when they said we're recording a music video, I was like, are you? Or are you just going to clip what we've seen you do on the dance floor and call that a music video? And then when they walked onto what I assume once was the set of Liberty X's Just a Little and they wheeled out Shakira's cage from the She-Wolf video (laughs) and then someone had borrowed the laser lights from Britney's Toxic, I thought, oh, this is a music video, actually. And I thought, they're giving this a lot of budget. And then when I saw the music video, I went, oh, you didn't pay the editors. <laughs> um, so it it looked like it was going to be higher budget than it was. Um, but I thought they put a lot of effort into it as a music video. Like it was a music video. <laughs> it was a music video. I, I agree with you there. I mean, I think they were lucky that the premise of the music video was basically the same as that Taylor Swift video that came out this year, I Can See You, with Taylor Lautner breaking into the vault and, like, stealing the vault tracks for Taylor Swift and, like, backflipping and fighting off guards and stuff like that. So this breaking into the vault was very similar to that, <clears throat> which was, like, you know, one of the only mu- new music videos we'll watch this year. Um, So I guess that was unfortunate. But, like, I mean, it was fine. I Like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the verses... I quite like Spotlight as a song. I quite like when UK gets their own RuPaul songs rather than it like Sissy That Walk or whatever like that. Like I feel like a little bit of love is an iconic Drag Race UK song rather than just a Drag Race song. And I like that Spotlight is can be added up there to that too. I did think it, the verses were really fast though. Like I felt like that was quite a tough challenge actually. Like I found it quite... I am going to have to go back and listen to the verses normally I watch it with the subtitles on um, and I didn't today and I really regretted that because I think you do get a lot from doing that yeah Twitchy's my top tip Um, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch that because they were fast like I felt like that was a bigger challenge because you had to get a lot in they were quite dictious is that right like we've got to be quite dictated like verbose probably a better word but I think dictious is a good word whether it It is is or not like that's my bootalicious um they were very hard. They were very fast. They were very hard. Lyrics. I mean, say if you use dictious, dictious as an equivalent of bootylicious, it also works. I mean, it's such a versatile word, word that it's it was right for me to invent it just there and then. Just there. Um, well, Ginger uh, kind of takes a more comedy route. She talks about two hams in a basket doing a jig while she shaked her ass. She called herself a silly little sausage lady. Um, Michael's was kind of more kind of description of their art, I guess. Um, they called themselves a high drag queer. They spoke about bridging the gap between old and new. They, you know, recognised their distinctive facial feature in their cheekbones. Um, Tamara's was probably the most I'm here to snatch the crown. But at least she did try to alter it and said she was here to take the tiara rather than the crown. She said, I'm here to claim the title with a capital T. So I think she did a decent enough job of trying to not say things that have already been said. But the downside of this challenge is a lot of the things have already been said in many different ways. 
Um, so it's hard to kind of break out of the mold. But I think my favorite of the three was Ginger's. Yeah, I mean, like, I thought it was, you know, good that none of them tried to give it too much depth. You know, none of them were like, oh, well, let's make this important. Let's just sing some rhyming couplets. Um, I thought they were sort of all on a par. I, I didn't really get a clear winner from it. Um, and I, I enjoyed, I really enjoyed watching them work and the way that they filmed it, actually. I thought it was a good showcase of them. But yeah, it, it didn't help me pick a winner. I don't think anything in the episode helped me pick a winner. Not even the looks, the final looks? Um, may No. Do you know what I did? Do you know what? So I, I don't, I don't know whether you've been watching Survivor on BBC One. No, there are two other people out there watching it. I haven't met them yet. It's just me and them. Um, but that's so that is a BBC One show. And you know, we talk about the prize. Now, there isn't a prize on this. BBC Survivor has a £100,000 prize for the winner, which is quite a lot. And we talk about, oh, maybe you don't get it on Drag Race because of BBC. But that's BBC. It's £100,000. And then. The Traitors, £100,000. The Wheel, yeah. a lot of money. But then someone pointed out to me that those shows, it's a clear set of rules about how you win. Whereas Drag Race is completely subjective. Like Rue has complete creative control to decide who does and doesn't win. And that that might be a reasoning. So I did actually think that was quite an interesting take. No, I was actually only thinking of something like that recently enough because I think there's there's stricter rules in terms of competition giving and that everyone needs to have a fair chance and I wonder whether mm. the producers didn't want to give as much of that you know they want more control than to you know have yeah. all up to chance or whatever yeah um, yeah at, shout out to at Casper Arimi who did that probably not steal <laughs> yeah. ideas because <clears throat> you know like even the wheel that Michael McIntyre show, like that gets tested to show that it's perfectly, you know, non-biased wherever it lands every time and stuff like that. Apparently. Oh, like, so. do you remember with the lottery when they used to pick, oh, we've got Camelot this week and ball set number 12 yeah. and we used to get very was, excited. Was Gaverna or Gaverna, something like Guinevere, that? Guinevere, do you mean Guinevere? Guinevere, <clears throat> yeah, Gunerva. <laughs> it's only right you butcher our language, we've been butchering yours for years. <laughs> Um, well, we will circle back to the BBC at the end. Uh, oh. Let's jump onto the um, runway. The category was Dripping in Diamonds, Drag, Eleganza, Extravaganza. We got to see almost all of the returning queens. Caramel is obviously still sick. Oh, was um, she missing? I did, do you yeah. know what? I didn't feel like there was enough there. And it took me a minute. That's bad. I didn't notice. She um, would have been dripping. Dripping. <laughs> That's all we'd say about that. Uh, Alexis was up first in her Dalmatian trimmed cape. It was baby blue on the outside with a gold sort of inlay. She had gorgeous jewels around her neck and a blonde wig. Uh, this was nice, but I would have like I I I would be surprised if this had been her actual final look because I thought it would have been bigger from her. I thought she was more of a fashion queen. She had a fringe. She shook it up. She had a fringe. We had not seen her with a fringe. Because we'd only seen her in two episodes. We so. robbed her away early. <laughs> so I think I think she gave us <coughs> what we deserved. I do okay. think this bit is a procession of, these are all the things we stole from you. These are the things you could have had, but we took them yeah. away too early. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. 
no, like th- this is basically the revenge dress where everyone comes out <laughs> in their best look and they're like, you should- "This is what you could have had." Yeah, someone should have done the revenge dress. That would be great. Uh, Naomi was up next. She wore a two-tone ballroom gown with a slit up the center in the colors of the Crazy in Love music video by Beyonce. I thought she looked amazing in this. Yeah, it says, why wear one dress when you can wear two? (laughs) Um, I got one in every colour. (laughs) And stitched them together. Um, Didn't get that it was a Beyonce reference till she said, which made me very shamed. But um, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I didn't get, like, I know Michelle said it, but I I think Michelle heard the voiceover before she said that. And uh, because I don't think Beyonce owns those two two colours specifically. (laughs) No, she does. She specifically owns orange and pink together. <laughs> okay. Right. She's the queen of... Isn't there a, a chewy sweet that's like that? Like a refresher or a, a fruit salad thing? Oh, well, fruit God. salad, I think it is. It's the oldest fruit salad. sweet going in. Yeah. Fruit salad, yeah. Back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> my day. And you'd go to the... I mean, I've never eaten one. I've never even seen one. And you'd one. buy just, a stinger <laughs> bar. I just saw it on this Instagram thread of, like, things that people did in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Banksy was up next which actually I was I don't remember Banksy leaving so early I don't know whether they were in order because I was like surely Naomi didn't go second and Banksy didn't go third Naomi definitely went second but I don't remember Banksy going third or was it um, fourth then and Caramel went no no yeah I don't know is someone else missing (laughs) well the the 11th queen I guess maybe went in that third episode and then was eliminated yeah I don't know anyway uh, Banksy wore this gothic chic uh, look with a sort of bat uh, bodice uh, a red and black beehive that had these sort of like I don't know what would you call them like bug antenna. antenna things antennae yeah and uh, black hand earrings uh, surprisingly this is like my least favourite look for Banksy the whole season because she said most of my famous favourite looks all season from the red and white sort of spray painted English flag to the Bowie look to the leopard print look that she's had this I was expecting bigger for this I think it's like I've already shown you I can do fashion I've already given you some of my best looks I've also pushed them out each week like through my socials so this is I'm gonna do me on brand like this this is this is the the queen that I am I'm just going to show you that because like I've got to build my brand now going forward as who I am so I kind of yeah fair enough I, I maybe don't need to see them do the biggest bestest most shocking thing because oh, they know they're not going to win the episode so they should do I think they're right to do the most them thing like to be totally on brand but I, I think I mean I think they should wear the best thing because this is the last time they're going to be on TV for the show I think they should come out in a bloody bin bag and be like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I still look good. <laughs> Vicky Vivacious pushed her way onto the stage in a nude bejeweled gown, which was only ankle length, didn't touch the floor, uh, with a large white <laughs> Well, muff. shoot her in the face um, then. <laughs> again, not her best. I don't know, did you see the size of those earrings? Like, honestly, they were the size of pasties. They were absolutely... The gems at the bottom were absolutely massive on her shoulders. I don't know how she was holding her head up. They were huge. Other than, like, impressive lobe strength, I don't think they looked nice. I can't remember it, if I'm honest. I knew you were going to ask me about all of the before queens, but if I'm honest, I was making a sandwich. 
I'll give I'll just give you my I made notes I did make notes and what I made a note of was did you see the size of those earrings and I thought that would carry me through the segment in truth I thought we maybe had a guest and I thought that will be enough to get me through Vicky Vivacious is to joke about the size of the earrings I thought I could distract you enough to get on to the next queen (laughs) well you probably would have worked until you fessed up out of guilt I think I know Gigi was up next only one more to go only one more to <laughs> no. go. You could have lasted. But look, I'm that humble that I, I want yeah. the people at home to know that, like, look, I'm just like you. Sometimes I need to make a sandwich. Oh, no, sorry, there's two more. There's two more left, sorry. Is there? Because uh, Kate Butch was up next in her oh, okay. golden rose of Derbyshire, large gold flower on her head with an aquamarine gown, reminiscent of Victoria Scon's daffodil for... Uh, Wales oh, that she did. Yeah, now you've said that. I didn't realise it was a flower of Derbyshire. Was that a thing? Did they say that? She I said, that. She, yeah, she said the golden rose is the flower of Derbyshire. Who knew? Who knew? Um, I think I was just too distracted by the fact that Kate Butch did a look. Yes. She did a look. This is what I want. I want your best look right at the end. And she did. Yeah. But I mean, if you haven't been known for looks all season, I'm just smacking them right there. If you haven't been known for looks all season, then yeah, I guess come out and show people that you can do it but if you like Banksy's been known for looks all season so just come out as who you are do you know what I mean but like yeah Kate Butch glow up of the season in it really like her makeup did look good she pulled out a look imagine what she'll do on All Stars absolutely not show uh, up and then <laughs> Dee Dee showed up in an emerald bejeweled gown I thought the nude bit across the chest was very strange because it didn't have nipples nude... there were no nipples Massive, massive breasts, but like no cleavage or nipples. It it ends up looking very strange. I thought to me, she said it was like her. You know, her, this is exactly what she wanted for a drag. I'm happy she got to show it off. She had like those turquoise muffs stuff at the elbow. I didn't get it personally. I mean, it was totally on brand because she didn't have a <coughs> neck. But I did quite like this the side bits around her hips where it was like, um, there was like jeweling that went round, so it looked like it was little strips. It was very. Do you know what? That is something Jennifer Lopez would dance in on tour. Not with that weird na- like naked. Yeah. All of all the rest of it, yes. No, 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 no. Actually, pop stars are always in like nude leotards. Like a lot of like the leotards. Yeah, but this like, wasn't a leotard. This wasn't a leotard. Was it a dress? Yeah. Yeah. No, anyway, I get I you with the nude leotard. If it had been a leotard, that breast, the like the, the chest area would have looked normal. It's only because I think... it's. A dress that is weirder. I think Jayla would have because the more sides are wear... so. Because the nipples would have been exposed. It's because because the yeah. nipples are weird. If there were some diamonds over the nipples, maybe. But I don't. I think she'd be more likely to wear some, what Tamara wore, which was like a nude flapper style dress with all the diamonds dripping off it. If we ignore the big black. On tour. No, if we ignore the, the big black loofah shoulder pieces and the black gloves, something like that, I think is more likely to be worn. Anyway. Jennifer Lopez is not in this episode. The year 2023, and we're talking about Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. Even Jennifer Lopez isn't talking about Jennifer Lopez at this point. Good luck with the um, album. <laughs> Ginger wore a black and gold matador. Look, what do you think of this? Did you take notes on this one? Look, I did. <laughs> I did. I got full page of notes. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> what did I write? I wrote, <clears throat> it's Lux, but not TV mind-blowing. Blow- 
it's a bit Scylla Black. <laughs> Do you know I don't know whether it's just Scylla Black has been it on my timeline too much. But isn't it giving Scylla Black in like, uh, I don't know, an audience with, like she's come out doing a little matador number. I mean, the quality and the number of sequins are way higher than what they would have given Scylla Black. Don't want to take away from that. But actually, if Scylla Black had budget and was, you know, not a dead horrible bitch, she could have worn that. Yeah. Uh, the eye makeup, the, the makeup. Did you see her eyes? Wow, absolutely yes. stunning. They were great. And I they think were. it's those eyelashes. And I'm pretty sure they are boots, Kimberly from Girls Aloud range. <laughs> and she's got two pairs on. That's from. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The. I, I don't know. Is this fuddy duddy of me? I just thought the pantsuit. Mattered. I don't know. I, it wasn't best drag for me. But then I actually do think um, one of them said, was it Graham who said, you know, Graham coming kept saying, out in but I didn't believe him. No, I think coming out in trousers, it's like, it was when, you know, it was when she won actually and they give her the scepter, not the tiara because I don't think it would have fit on the wig and then she's strutting back and forth and I'm like, look at you, winning in slacks. I just, yeah. <laughs> I love that for her actually. I was like, yeah, it's on brand. At that point, you don't need to show that you're this or you're that. You show that you're who you are because you, you've self-actualized and that's what you're going for. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. But I don't think the pantsuit was who hun. she was. I don't think the pantsuit was who she was. Mm, From what I saw on the runway. Maybe. Obviously yeah. she knows her drag far better than I do. I don't know. Uh, Michael Marulli gave us Ice Queen with the, the white, white headpiece, large sort of poofy shoulder pieces, these origami iridescent blue fans uh, sort of tied to the cape that built at the back Rue said in what was by definitely 100% a fed line from the producers you look like Estonia's entry into the Eurovision I was like Rue where is Estonia where is Estonia? point it on a map point it on a map why why Estonia why not Austria you don't get the reference Rue point it on a map no, true. <laughs> uh, all that being said, Michael's was my favourite of the three. Was it? See, actually, that's the first time Michael's walked out in something I, I would have expected them to walk out in. Like, it was the first time I've gone, oh yeah, that's what I said. I think it reminded me a lot of the mirror look that they wore. Is that unfair? It, it did which, remind me of that. Which one was the mirror look? When they... I can't remember what it looked like. It just reminded me of it. Um... You're Googling it now. Oh, yeah. No, I have it here. Um, Yeah, they wear, like, thigh-high, silvery boots, and they had kind of, like, pointy... um, Yeah, I think it was the shoulder and, like, the material. On the shoulder, they had a headpiece. It's a bit... Talking about Eurovision, it's a bit Verka Serduka um, from Ukraine. It's a bit Estonia for Eurovision. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I could point to it on a map. Um, Yeah, but it was very dramatic. It was very, like, that style of drag. I kind of like that. Like, yeah, it was it was what I expected. It was that was good for me. I mean, mentioned Tamara's. I like Tamara's too. I didn't really like the big puffy black bits. I didn't love any of the three final looks. Michael's was my favorite, if I'm being honest. Tamara, I was genuinely surprised you wore an actual gown. I was like, yes, yeah. look at you. I loved it. Um, no, I loved the the big poofy sleeves, and I loved the gloves. Actually, like they were like proper stoned as well. Like. There was, a, there was a lot of effort in that look. I think with all three looks, actually, maybe less so gingers, the, the 
longer that they were on the one way and the more close-ups that we got and then especially when we went into the lip sync and like Michael took off the cape I didn't realize it was a cape at first I thought it was a skirt um like I think once you got to see these things a little bit closer up like they were more stunning I think yeah telly takes away a lot from that like I think with Michael's look the colors bled a bit together with the lighting on the stage in a way that you couldn't see and I don't think you could see the detail on Ginger's or Tamara's uh, like with the stoning yeah so, no yeah. you're probably right probably right I, must, I would say though out of everyone on that in that room all the returning queens the final three queens the judges the best dress was Danny Beard I loved that asymmetrical hound's tooth dress I thought it was a sleigh but like, I don't think it's best drag. I think it's very on brand for Danny. Like again, like you turn up to something like that on brand in your brand. And I love that for them. Also, Rue had a look tonight. I actually thought that Rue did have a look, but I prefer Danny's look. Honestly, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. Love him on a current cream. I think Michelle was probably in a really nice, but we didn't see her stand up. But the sleeves yeah. were giving. She probably jog a bottle. And the hair. She, she, yeah, she had proper eighties <laughs> perm hair. That was good um, for her, actually. <clears throat> Did uh, I was going to ask you, have you won anything? Uh, as the question that was asked to Alan Carr, and he said the celebrity who was mo- that people most wanted to see turn into a gnome. But we've established you're already a reality show winning queen, so I don't need to ask. That. I'm a very good uh, second place. Have <laughs> <laughs> I won anything? Oh my god, I did win. Um, I in lockdown, I did um, board game Smackdown which was Lindsay, um, previous guest, Lindsay Santoro, we were on it together. Um, and it's like 10 comedians that do board games each week. And me and Lindsay went in just taking the piss. And the other comedians were really dead serious about winning. And each week they just kept getting eliminated. It was like me, Lindsay and someone else at the end. And we couldn't really believe our luck. And I won. And I have a little trophy somewhere. Oh, I don't know how I bloody won that. Pity. That's better than people wanting you to be a gnome. Um, I'd rather be a gnome. No, I was very happy to win it. That sounded again really insincere. I was very happy to win. Uh, did you want to talk about anything from the talking to your two-year-old selves or why you feel like you want to win the competition? Yes. Ginger's name Go is ahead. Donald? Yes, that was shocking. Of the whole series, the thing that shocked me Donald. was Donald? We've been talking about a 30-year-old man called Donald this whole time. I <laughs> mean, someone in the 1989 named someone Donald. Now that you say it like that, that's believable, actually. Donald Duck was huge. Don- <laughs> I'm assuming that's the Donald Trump. Oh, my God. Do you think he's it's probably named after Donald Trump, Trump or Donald Duck? Because Donald Trump was huge in 1989. I think. I don't know. Was he? For what? I don't know. I was barely born. <laughs> I was, I was, born. I was born just barely. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how old they are. Uh, I don't know. That's it I'll that. tell you who was literally um, barely born in 1989. Taylor Swift. Oh, Depending yeah, on what day of the true. year it is. That is true. <laughs> um, also, yeah, and I don't I know whether this is an unkind thing to say I don't mean it in an unkind way thing it was just I noticed it in a couple of photos and I was like wow Tamara lost a lot of weight between now and the the photos that they shared and the Vicky Pollard yeah yeah and then there was another one that was on her workstation as well where she was with her mum and like I was like oh, oh yeah I wasn't expecting that 
Transformation. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I was wondering the Donald Trump thing too because Ginger Johnson is a homage to Ginger Minge because it's instead of a Minge, it's a Johnson. Okay. Uh, and Ginger oh. Minge famously played Donald Trump in Trump the Rusical in season 11. Oh. So maybe it is. So I don't know. Maybe it is a nod from that. I don't know. I was really worried you were going, Ginger is uh, like an homage to Ginger Minge and Johnson is a homage to Ginger Johnson. Ulrika Ulrika Johnson. Johnson. I was thinking Boris actually, but yeah, you need to complain. I was like, hell no. (laughs) We've been Um, talking to a Tory the whole time. (laughs) There's always one. The Vicky Pollard picture was very cute. And the fact that they wore knights to, or they wore tights to nursery as well. Shocking. I've never heard that. <laughs> Absolutely shocking. Born to be. Says she can't be, yeah. Can't uh, be so Tamara th- Thomas becomes Tamara Third. Um, I was disappointed at it, but look, I suppose she did not surprised. have the three, three badges. So I guess that's Do you know what, though? What I think was really nice about this episode, and uh, I think it was stronger with this episode than others was how they just seem to be getting on like the level of competition was like it was there they were keen but they weren't like trying to trip each other up or like competing against each other it was me against the music like they were just trying to be the best version of themselves regardless of what the others were and I thought that was really lovely and warm you know how I love seeing people get on in the competitive sense Exactly, me too. And calling calling themselves like the Angels of the North and stuff like that, I thought was very nice. Which um, conveniently is the name of their tour now that they're not locked in a slavery with club kids. Oh, good, good to see. Um, so Michael and uh, Ginger lip sync to Erasure's "A Little Respect." Again, I thought Michael had this. I just felt a better stage presence. I feel Michael got more camera time. I know Ginger had that moment with the synths. But I kind of felt like the lip sync was edited for Michael Marulli to win. And then Rue saw the love for Ginger and Lionel and chose Ginger to win. Um, yeah, Ginger yeah, was giving was... Cher promoting her Christmas album, wasn't she? Like, give yeah. it as much as you can while protecting the hips. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was, I think it was a good thing neither of them had to lip sync earlier on in the season. I don't, I don't necessarily think either of them would survive against DD, for instance. Um, yeah. Michael, but Michael did send Didi home, did he not? No. Oh, well, I was thinking no, Tamara, that. Did Michael lip sync earlier? No, Tamara, Tamara sent Didi home, but Michael did uh, lip sync against Caramel. Michael sent Caramel home. Wow. Yeah. I was just about to say, didn't see that coming, but I literally did yeah. see it. I watched it. <laughs> and not only did I watch it, I commented on it. And not only did I comment on it, I listened to it enough for it to become the top podcast in my Spotify wrapped <laughs> because I'm nothing if not a massive fan of myself. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you didn't so, remember that? Watching um, Ginger as a winner will, you know, what do you think she'll bring to this Hall of Fame in the UK drop scene? World peace, uh, first and foremost. Um, I think, well, I think she's going to go on to do a lot of theatre. I've already seen she signed up for a lot of things like that, and I think it'll be that. Be good. Do you know what would be nice? Would be to see a queen act like actually act in like a sitcom or like a drama and not oh i think we've seen danny bid in hollyoaks have we not the vivian baby i haven't I'm seen i'm pretty sure one it's been hollyoaks and i'm pretty sure it was danny um yeah. but yeah it'd be good to see the bbc support their own talent um see that make it actually do you know what i do want to see i want itv to bring back the yearly panto and for that to be purely populated with all 
RuPaul Drag Race drag queens apart from one character, and that would be Cinderella, played by Samantha Fox. Who we who is apparently being lined up for a role as a judge on next year's season, which I think the only people that can take credit for that is us. <laughs> and mostly you. I mean, the two things I take credit for were manifesting Serena Chacha onto All Star Six. I believe we did that on this podcast, and I think Samantha Fox is the next uh, is the next. <laughs> I don't know whether I want that to be my legacy. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, on the topic of ITV, so the rumors are that Drag Race might be moving to ITV next season because so few queens mm. applied for this season is. What the rumours are. I have no idea whether it's true or not. Um, I think the idea being that if it moves to ITV, ITV can have a prize money. And if there's prize money, the queens are more likely to apply. How would you feel about that? Um, I wouldn't mind that. Although I would struggle to watch it because I do not watch ITVX. I just, I don't know. I can't bring myself to. I just think it's the adverts. Um, I also, I don't think it will happen purely for the fact that I think RuPaul takes a lot away from being on the BBC. Like, because it's prestigious, like, it's a global brand. I think that matters more to Ru than the number of people that put into Enter. I think they know as long as they can get 10 people on the show, they can make a good show out of it. I don't think that's that important to them. And, like, how they wouldn't be able to turn around when something weird is happening and be like, you're watching the BBC. But they don't say that anymore, do they? Oh, they've said it this series at least once. Also, you'd lose Alan and Graham. They've both got golden handcuff deals, I think. Maybe not no, Alan, so. actually, because his sitcom is Not Graham, either. So Graham did the Queen of the Universe for WoW Presents Plus. He's he's uh, doing this Irish comedy show over here for Amazon. He definitely has... I don't know whether they could do ITV, though. There definitely have been things in the past where they can't... They've yeah, definitely maybe not been ITV. golden handcuff deals. I don't know whether those are still in place. The BBC Pro can't afford them anymore. But I I would be very surprised to see it move. Um, but I'd follow it. Um, and maybe it'd be good for it to get off of BBC Three and get onto like an actual primetime slot. ITV would give it a primetime slot, right? Um, yeah. I hope you'd hope so. So yeah, I don't know. The future of it will be interesting. In terms of this season, I've really enjoyed this season. I think the Queens are really strong. I don't think it's as good as season two or season four though so i think it's like middle of the pack for me in terms of uk um i still think it's you know not as bad as season three was but uh but yeah it'd be interesting to see where we go from here i think we're definitely i think we're at a pivot point from here so that's it that is this season do you have any parting moments that you'll take with you yeah, I don't... Now, every time I'm parked in a car park in Nottingham, I'm going to be thinking, should I get a microphone out? <laughs> should I be recording this? Um, I'm, I'm genuinely sad at what I'm going to do with my Thursdays. I'm worried as well that when you start recording other series, I'm going to get jealous of your co-hosts. I'm going to start, <laughs> I don't know, like driving around with a microphone, just peering outside their houses like a, like a, like a jilted ex. Well... Thank you so much for being on the season. Being, I think you're the only co-host I've had who hasn't skipped a week. So uh, I appreciate the dedication. It came very close one were, week, didn't I? You, even though you were like recording in a bin at times <laughs> because you had nowhere to record. <laughs> that was the so best really part of it. it. <laughs> um, 
This has been very complimentary of your presence. I really appreciate you being here. You'll definitely be on the show again in the future, though, for sure. Good. I don't know what I will do now. I will just maybe, every time I watch an episode, I might just have to text you. Yeah, I'm expecting a voice message now. If I was on the podcast this week, this is what I would say. If they don't pop up in your Insta stories, it will annoy the hell out of me. I literally am just also, I don't know whether I'm impressed or just, like, I think it's funny that I'm the biggest fan of us. They're like, popped up in my Spotify rap this late on. I just, I I don't know, I'm just a big fan of us. I think we're hilarious. Would you be watching season 16 in the new year? I think so. I'm going to have to now. Just so I can hear you and whoever it is talk about it and digest it. Okay. Okay, good, good. I'm getting I need, you. Some, I need someone to keep me company in the car. I'm going to be talking back and not realizing you can't hear. <laughs> I think that's. I think a lot of people do that with podcasts. So yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. I do it with LBC News as well. Nick Ferrari gets a real <laughs> tongue lashing off me every morning. <laughs> okay, well, look, that is it for Sissy the Pod uh, main feed anyway for 2023. I'll be back in the new year for season 16. Until then, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your Spotify raft. I will be raising money for LGBT Ireland in the Bernard Shaw on the 15th of December if you want to come along and uh, yeah, support a good charity and have a ball at Christmas. Until then, Aaron, thank you so much for being our co-host for the season. I'll thank you on behalf of the listeners and of myself. Uh, do you have anything coming up you want to share one last time? Um, I'm gigging and then next year I have my new show, Himbo, that is festivals any Irish dates um no the Irish the people of Ireland haven't invited me over (laughs) we'll have to make sure I add that if there was enough demand like if you just tweeted and shouted about it I'm sure sure I could make that happen go on another um luxury ferry trip (laughs) yes come on over Jane McDonald's your way over here (laughs) yeah I might just do it might just do the show on the ferry We'll see what we can do. See if we can get him vote to Ireland. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back with you very soon. Until then, we will see you. Love you. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.